you can see, I've, <clears throat> as a reminder, I've invited um, Joel Barna, one of our entrusted teachers at Austin, to um, share the seat in leading inquiry today. And uh, so Joel will be um, leading our, our sitting and uh, the rest of this time, and it's a great honor to have him here. One of our first head student at Appamata and one of our longest time students in Austin. And just as I click, Joel, to invite you and greet you, an enormous rainbow just came outside my window. So it's an auspicious moment for you to unmute and uh, begin to, to lead today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Flint. What? Uh, what a joy to be able to see so many people I know closely and others that I have not seen in a long time and, and others that I haven't gotten to know yet, but it, Appamata and its uh, sister sanghas are an amazing organization and what just how wonderful it is to be able to connect in this way. So I'm going to switch my screen a little bit. I'm going to read from some notes I made because, uh, because I have stage fright, but um, I'm also completely happy to be here. I want to say I'm grateful to Flint for the opportunity to offer inquiry today. And, and I'm so grateful to be connected with Flint and with Peg Syverson for their wise, lively teaching and their kindness and generosity. And I am so grateful to all the people who uh, amplify and enliven what Peg and Flint teach in Austin, throughout the Appamata Sangha and all our Sanghas in uh, America and the US and Europe, and, and all the people who have shared with me and shared with our Sangha the way that they meet all the difficulties that, uh, that they have in their life and all the joys that they have in their life. From challenges to, uh, to health, to relationships, uh, to new growth and, and um, so much else. Um, I, I, I just feel grateful also to the people I've gotten to sit with in person and, and the people I've learned from and feel connected to, even though thousands of miles separate us. I feel those qualities of generosity and kindness, like an encouraging hug, like a challenge to action, like an opportunity to learn and grow in this life, turning toward life as it is. I'm thinking right now of the eloquent, heartfelt introduction that Suzanne Kilkas offered for inquiry a couple of weeks ago. Um, if, you, if you have not had a chance to hear that, it's available on YouTube and other streaming services. She was illuminating the aspirations and the vow that she and the members of the Open Door Sangha in Madison share. And she connected them first with the ongoing trauma built into our country's history and institutions, which I was grateful for. And I'm thinking about the way that Suzanne modeled aspiration and vow and attentive care so that wisdom could emerge in the space between her and those who came forward with questions for inquiry and, and could come forward 
in each of the conversations. That's what Peg and Flint do over and over again. It's what I've seen in the offerings of Todd Bankler and Laurie Gwinnett, uh, my fellow and trusted teachers here in Austin, and of other emerging teachers here in Austin. Uh, and of course, Suzanne, and I haven't had a chance to see Josh Gifford in England offer inquiry yet, but I know from our Zoom conversations that he fully embodies those two. Flint says that the idea of inviting Appamata's and trusted teachers to come forward to take this seat and to offer inquiry is part of the process of Dharma entrustment that he is living into with Peg, recalling his teachers and appreciating the way that the transmission of the Dharma warm hand to warm hand allows for wisdom to emerge with life. There's folk wisdom that children don't learn from their parents' admonitions, uh, that instead they learn from the behavior that parents model. Uh, I'm thinking that I know this for a fact, that yelling at my son never conveyed quite what I hoped it would, uh, but it certainly taught him that yelling was okay, which is not what I wanted to convey. Uh, be that as it may, the kind of learning from modeling for me did not stop when I was no longer for a child. But then I know that the child parts of me are still alive and still hungry to see how those I love live in this world so that those child parts can learn how to find safety and self-confidence. I still have all my conditioning and it shapes how I see the world, but it's not the only thing. Seeing the models uh, who meet like Peg and Flint and, and all of you who meet life in the ways that our teachers show us is the number one resource for me, but the most important resource for me. So I, I just wanna, before we sit and uh, uh, before we go into um, uh, the actual inquiry part, I realize I've flipped a couple of things in the sequence here already. <laughs> Uh, but I want to offer a very partial list of the of some of the qualities that I have seen Peg and Flint model and that I, I aspire to embody as they do. One, generosity in offering the teachings to all who show up just as they are. Generosity, even to the point of turning over one's home to house Zendo and moving back into a smaller and smaller bit of it. Dignity in the way they sit, stand, walk, bow, and speak in service of the Dharma. Innate kindness and compassion. Optimism. I'd say they, um, they embody what uh, a, a phrase that I've seen recently that I love that uh, the Tibetan teacher, Yonge Mingyur, writes about the Buddha. He says he, the Buddha compared our basic nature to the sun. Though it's always shining, the sun is often obscured by clouds. Yet we can only see the clouds because the sun is illuminating them. In the same way, our basic nature is always present. It is in fact, what allows us to discern even those things that obscure it. The next quality I think that they, that they model is patience uh, that goes with that optimism I was just describing. Uh, the ability to see a person uh, such as myself dredging up the deepest parts of my conditioning again and again, and meeting me with compassion and with evident confidence that I will be able to access that innate Buddha nature that Yonge 
Lingyo was describing. They also embody curiosity about our world and delight in the depth of the ancient teachings and in the resources of psychology, systems thinking, and other more modern modes of inquiry, along with energy for bringing the world and these ancient and modern teachings into contact. And along with that curiosity and delight, there's a kind of courage, I think, uh, that enlivens their sense. Um, I'm thinking of the morning chants that we say at Apamata, repentances, refuges, and, and bodhisattva vows. For years, those were repeated I statements at Apamata. And then Peg, noticing that in the ancient languages, the pronouns were not specified, reshaped them a few years ago, moving them from these repeated I statements to ways in which we affirm our connections to and through each other to the whole universe. And I'm thinking too of Flint's recasting of the Shin Shin Ming. The first four lines of the text are traditionally rendered, the great way isn't difficult for those who are unattached to their preferences. Let go of longing and aversion and everything will be perfectly clear. Flint recasts that for some new practitioners in Arkansas, it's my understanding, so that they now read love and acceptance. I'm sorry, I'm tearing up. Love and acceptance aren't difficult for those who are unafraid. Soften your fear of others and your own vulnerability and amazing new possibilities were open. For me, Flint's respectful but radical changes turn a rather forbidding sacred scripture into a living invitation. And that, that's what I hope I can model in my own relationships. Life as it is, the only teacher, which is true, particularly if you include in your life all the wonderful teachers who have consciously entered the stream, walked the path, and courageously, generously shared the Dharma. So now let's sit for about five minutes, and then I will, uh, we will say the robe chant together three times, and then I will open to questions.
Let's say the robe chant together. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Um, our great host, Maria Boyd, has uh, spotlighted the video for me, uh, which means that I can't see but just a couple of Zoom windows now. But I, I would like to just invite everybody to do what Suzanne invited everybody to do a couple weeks ago, which is to wave. It's just such a joyous thing to be able to recognize the people I can see. If you go into gallery view, Joel, you'll be able to see everybody. So I can switch, okay, good. Yeah. All right, thank you, thank you. I invite questions for inquiry. We have Richie. I see Richie raising his hand. Thank you, Richie, welcome. Sorry, I just needed a drink. <clears throat> uh, I was thinking about um, this simile where um, I think it's a Buddha and he's talking to the king, he's talking to a king and he says to the king, he'll say there's like um, something coming from the east and something from the west and something from the north and the south and it's crushing everything in its path and killing every living thing. You probably heard it before I was, I was heard it. I was reading it last night and um, and he said, what would be the right thing to do in that situation? What would you do? And he said, well, I'll be generous and I'd give and I'd be kind. And, and um, the Buddha said that was like the right thing to do. That, um, and it got me thinking about what we say in the chant where we say at the end, um, just this moment, compassion's way. And I was thinking, what would be the most compassionate thing to do? Imagining we've all got an impending doom coming because we're all going to die one day anyway. So what is the best thing to do in each moment? The most compassionate thing that, um, so we're all a bit different. I mean, like the king, he had lots of wealth. So he just gave that away and that, that was great. But some people, they don't have that. And some people, they, I was just thinking about all the different ways that we can give and um, maybe even just sitting, sitting still. You know, I thought maybe that, you know, not causing any harm and just sitting, maybe that's another compassionate thing to do. Mm -hmm. Richie, is it, I mean, those are, those are great examples. Is that, does that exhaust your list of things that you can do? I um, thought there loving kindness, I could practice loving kindness, you know, um, wishing everything well, you know, um, if I see a being, that's in need in front of me, I can, I can help them, um, mm -hmm. sort of thing. What do you, how do you see compassion's way? 
I want to say, first of all, every time I see you on screen, I love the art behind you which that you have made and that I see that as a mode of generosity, as a, as a mode of compassionate, loving connection with the world as well. And I, you know, I love it that you share it with us in this, in this venue and how it shifts over time. So there's that, making things which come out of our uh, generous connection with the world is, is even better, I think, than you know, giving away possessions, giving away money, uh, like the king was talking about. Those are, those are important, but there is a level of dana, of generosity and sharing that, that reaches deep inside us and, and that I see in, in what you're sharing with your art. Thank you, Joel. Well, sorry about the seagulls. <laughs> Wait, get I love that. I just, I have such a, I have such a vision of your house as being, I don't know, a lighthouse surrounded by seagulls and jackdaws and stuff. <laughs> I know it's a much better image than the reality. It's just the ground floor flat in reality. <laughs> <laughs> I like the lighthouse idea. Imagine that nice and nice much more fun. <laughs> the words contribute a lot. Thank you. So do you did that answer your Leave question? Sorry. It's because my window's open, so you can probably hear all the noises outside. <clears throat> so did I did I answer your question, do you think? Or, or do you have more? I've certainly it's given me um, a lot to reflect on, so I'll keep reflecting on it. That's what I like to do is when people say things, and I'll reflect on it. And, and um, just, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Joel. That was and, and keep those windows open. <laughs> I will, yeah. Right here. And we have Sarah next. Hi, Sarah. Share was because. Um, I've been moved to tears a lot, but it's tears of happiness. And I was so touched by your tears and your presence and your, your obvious compassion. And um, I feel like I'm just gonna share something very quickly that um, I am being, um, for a while now, I feel like I've been, I've been birthing through adversity, starting with the cancer. And, uh, but that's, pretty much behind me at this point. Uh, but I, I wanted to say that um, another beautiful thing that's going on in my life, and I would have never thought of it as beautiful, is um, I, I send a text and don't get one back. I make a date and it gets canceled. And what I'm beginning to understand, because I've been dealing with, with this real core shame, is that um, on a very, very deep level, I don't need to be validated. I don't need to be validated. And not only that, I'm beginning to see um, others people suffering so more acutely. And, and I read this, um, this Joko Beck uh, quote yesterday, thanks to something Kim sent out, which was, 
um, when you see the compassion of the world, wonder opens up. Uh, you see the suffering of the world, I'm sorry, wonder opens up. And I am so touched by that and just so touched by the way the words um, meet you when you were talking about them, the tears that came. And um, I don't really know what my question is. I think since the cancer, I have been wanting to share more and um, for better or for worse, whatever that is, whatever comes out is there to be shared. And, and however people receive it, they receive it in that way. And it's okay. And, and I feel like I am uh, riding a beautiful wave. I'm surfing a beautiful wave right now. And it's so incredible that it is being engendered by this deep fear that I've always had of abandonment and how that's turning itself around. Um, and I wanted to share that. I just wanted to share that. And I would please invite any comments you have. Uh, in a way, it's a question. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I'm just taking a moment to, to let that question sink in. I, I have a question for you that I want to ask that I was okay. uh, seen. I was like scribbling something while you were talking and I, All I right. apologize for that, but I wanted to hang on to it just long enough to be able to ask All right. and to, to say, I, I, I want to know for each of us, and I, sus I suspect there's more than one of us listening to you who has a sense of shame that was uh, part of early conditioning, you know, in a sense of, of unworthiness. And you've described a process by which you have looked within yourself and you've been able to turn that shame into compassion, to, to realize that, that you share that with other people. Yes. And, and that that sharing opens you to freedom from the voice in your head that's trying to shame you. Yes. Uh, even though it's probably still there, it's not driving you. That's right. And, and freedom to connect with other people, even when they're not returning your texts or when they're breaking lunch dates with you or whatever it is. You're <laughs> meeting that with compassion instead of the, <laughs> instead of the traditional uh, rage and bitterness that, that uh, many of us would feel. How did you find that? Did you, um, I, can you, can you thank reach you for that question? I think what started during the cancer was um, a realization that we're always making choices and that there are some places where we have choice points. You know, and the way I've been describing it is um, that you can, you always make a choice what to eat. But at some point you might make a choice to eat more healthy or you might give up chicken if that's good or bad, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a choice point. And, um, and so I have been very aware of living in a place where there are choice points. And um, I also feel like everything is being presented for a reason. 
I feel like the cancer was presented for a reason. I feel like this challenge around um, real deep internal shame is being presented by for a reason. And all these can cancellations are being presented for a reason. It's giving me a chance to really um, make, make deliberate choices around it. And also to, um, and I think the deliberate choice has been to reach deeper into my humanity. With, with, again, the important corollary that you are opening to the humanity of others as well. In what they exactly. are Exactly. I think when you reach deeper into your humanity, you can't help but open up into humanity as a whole. Yeah. And because it's so, you realize it's so similar, you know? I mean, I got in touch with the, um, the idea that, that, um, Shame was a fear that I would be completely left alone, completely left alone. And where that comes from, I don't know, I don't care, you know, but, but I, know, I know others share that. I know, I know I'm not alone in that, we're a tribe, we're tribal. And um, so uh, I don't have to live in that place of being, you know, that fear. I don't have to live grounded in that fear. And I realize I have for a while. And so I really deeply appreciate your questions. I was talking about modeling before. And people who can live their lives as you are living yours. And as so many that I know through Appamata live their lives. Yes. Where they, where they yes. honestly face the shame that they carry. And then they don't do what I used to try and do and try and kill that voice. Yeah. They just acknowledge <laughs> that voice. It's so and, fucking painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, to, but to then... realize that there that that's an opening for them an opening for choice an opening for compassion yes and, and that 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 connection that feeling of connection yes comes in yes it can come in and, and i so appreciated what richie said because um i know i mean while i can on a certain level i can't count on other people's responses all the time you know, because everybody's dealing with their own, you know, slippy stuff. You know, you can't count on other people's responses. But what I heard Richie say was that you can choose to be kind. And I, and I just appreciate the way you met him in terms of his art and the way he gives in that way. And Richie, thank you. I, I do it too. And, I, and uh, I'd love to see it as a gift. Mm -hmm. um, I've only told this story a dozen times in various Dharma talks, but <laughs> there was a Peg and Flint were offering a, a intensive, and toward the end of one intensive, and I can't remember what the theme was, but I remember thinking, okay, I am not going to get rid of this conditioning. 
I'm not going to get rid of this feeling of shame by forcing it away. But look, I have the opportunity to be kind right now. When yeah. I go home, I'm going to have that opportunity. Yeah. And, and it's worth remembering that. So yeah. That's what, yeah. what Richie was pointing to is like a key moment in my life. And, and yes. it's I think you're you're pointing to from a, 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 an experience that a lot of people would find very difficult. Well, you know, Joel, I it's like oh my my mind just slipped the thought, but but I, I just see us all in this in this deep well of slippery change and inundated with with bad news and all of that stuff and um i just want to believe that that the most important thing is love and our capacity to love and that that that's that's larger than all of it and i want to believe that mm -hmm. and um so you know, when I see your tears and I hear Richie, um, I can believe that. And when I'm in this community, I can believe that. And um, I, I'm just so deeply, deeply grateful for it. And what's, what's been given to us is huge. It's ancient and it's as fresh as, as this conversation. Say again. It is ancient from before the Buddha's time, from Kalpas before the Buddha's time, and it is as fresh as this conversation. Absolutely. What a beautiful observation. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Have Suzanne next. Hello. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome. Hello, Joel. So good to see you here in this seat. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for this rich conversation that you're leading, Joel. Um, what it's re reinforcing for me is that compassion, kindness, and love supersede any ideology. And I was reminded of that last evening when I was watching a, a video of interviews with people who are in the hospital with COVID, who are willing to talk about why they didn't get vaccinated. And one man said, I'm a libertarian. I don't like to be told to do something I don't want to do. And and, and then he went on for a while. And then at the end of the interview, he said, well, you know, maybe I should have done this thing. And then at the end of, of that whole interview, the interviewer said he died nine days after this interview. And I, I was stunned with and uh, tried to not have any judgment about this, but rather how we let our ideas our dogmas, our righteousness, um, cover, cover our willingness to be kind, to let go, to be compassionate, and to ask the questions you've asked us today. 
um, and so grateful for uh, your identifying what Flint and Peg have offered us in recasting uh, some of the teachings in ways that we can take in and understand. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I just really wanted to express gratefulness to you about that today. I'm feeling tearful myself. <laughs> I was tearful the moment you were tearful, and I'm feeling tearful myself as I as I uh, as I express this. I, you may have heard this from me before, but others certainly have. That I, if I'm going to read a quote from something and it hits me how true it is, mm -hmm. I tear up. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I can't even say the names of songs that I love without tearing up. It's just a, it's just a thing. Mm -hmm. But thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, and, thank you and, so much. And that story is, oh, there's so much pain and and behind mm -hmm. what you were just describing. Mm -hmm. And and the. the This is just, everything is unknown mm -hmm. and, and we cannot control the future and and all the aspects that look like we might be able to control them they slip away pretty fast mm -hmm. and uh you i i love the way that you as i was trying to describe before you model inclusion and generosity even to those who hold viewpoints radically different from your own. Mm -hmm. uh, and how you show that that is not only necessary, but possible mm -hmm. and and available to, to us to, to take on, mm -hmm. you know, to, to live into. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Mm -hmm. We still have some time, and if nobody comes forward, I'm going to read Crossing Brooklyn Ferry by Walt Whitman. Let's we'll take about 20 minutes. <laughs> so. Now we uh, have Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Thank you. I don't really know what I'm going to say, Joel. <laughs> I just wanted to say hello, really. I've uh, seen you on the screen many times, and we do not know each other, but um, I was really touched by your by your tears, and I can feel my own. And um, As so often happens when we talk about something, it meets things in what's going on for us in our lives. And uh, I've had a bit of a week and I can feel myself welling up. Um, a friend of mine has just tried to kill herself, has not succeeded, but she has just tried. And uh, I haven't. I haven't seen her yet. And I was just thinking about, you know, our kindness and compassion and
and just feeling part of me doesn't know how to meet her and part of me does and how to I suppose I know which part to listen to <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say thank you really for for offering a space for me to be able to just say this is hard and I can't take her pain away. That's a hard thing. To That's a hard thing to I thank you for bringing this. I'll be thinking of you. And in my thoughts will be the friends of mine who have also lost loved ones to suicide or been in such despair that they thought that was their only choice. Who are close who I'm so thankful that they were unable to succeed and that they have found more peace in their life and, and been able to find a way to move forward with their lives in spite of their pain. Thank you for being a resource for that friend. I don't know how much I am strengthened by all the love and kindness that I feel in the Sangha and um, I can only offer my own love. Thank you. We have Mary Beth next. Hello, old friend. Hi. So good to see you and thank you for uh, your talk today. One of the things that um, you talked about was the qualities of Peg and Flint. And I really appreciated that a lot. Um, and, and I have a deep sense of like why it's important in the Sangha and in life, right? What is our life about anyways? But what I wanted to say about those qualities is really a question around you, Joel, right? Like I've seen you for over 10 years, you know, at Appamata, like, and you are Appamata in a lot of ways to me, and you do display those same qualities. And, and my question to you is, how do you do that? Right? Like, you're so consciously smart you're so you've read and 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 you remind me of me in some ways of I get it up here but 
I, I come back and I come back because I want to keep getting it throughout here. And, and I see that you've done that in a very skillful way. And, th and that's my question is, how do you do that? All those qualities that I want to embody, I see in you. How do you do it? You know what's happening with me right now, right? Mm, no. You know that there's a critical voice saying various things in my ears, right? So, um, I cannot answer your specific question, but I want to do what Richie and Lynn and Sarah were pointing to before. And that is to say, as Joko pointed out, every moment we have a choice. Be awake, live our karma, live out of our conditioning, or with as much energy and courage and compassion and patience as we have available to us in that moment to connect, to invite, to connect. That's why I, that's why I made that list is because it reminds me of, of how I can wake up. And I need those reminders all the time. So you're a very kind person to say those things, Mary Beth. And um, guess what? You couldn't have said that if it wasn't true about you. Well, that's kind. And I think what, what really helps is you said, mention your critic. And I think that really spoke to me because I have the same critic. And um, something else that you said about your conditioning really helped because I'm sure Peg and Flint have conditioning and inner critics and bringing it back to you having your conditioning and, you, you know, having that inner critic. I think that's what I needed to hear because it's just a part and I, I, I'm going to continue to have my aspirations of the qualities um, and I'm going to be reminded that uh, I can my inner Joel is yes, I will have a critic and yes, I will have conditioning and I can still move forward and aspire. So thank you. Very helpful. Thank you. We have Ellen next. Hi Ellen. Thank you so much for coming forward. Oh. Well, thank you for being there. It's good to see you there. Um, I guess what I want to talk about is warm hand to warm hand, because I'm pretty impressed with that lately. Um, I read Joko Beck's book, newest book, and she talks about core belief. And nobody's that I can recall has ever said, talked to me about core belief at Appamata, not in that in words like that, but oh. I have definitely, maybe it's been said, I don't know, and I didn't hear it, but um, 
But that's definitely uh, one of the greatest gifts of Appamata to me is, uh, well, seeing it and then not really believing it anymore. <laughs> you know, just once you see it, you can't quite live right there in the middle of it anymore. And, um, and so early on when I, one of my early meetings with Peg, she said, oh, you ought to, one, uh, we were talking about books. Oh, you ought to read some of Joko Beck's books. And I did, and I came back and said, oh my God, she's incredible. I wish I'd known her. And then now reading this new book, I realized, oh, I do know her through Peg. And Peg doesn't act like her. And she, and she, if she, she might occasionally quote her, but Peg is herself, but I definitely see um, her teacher flowing through her. And mostly I just wanna say, I find that sort of interesting and amazing. And, and I'm wondering, uh, how, do you, how do you experience the warm hand to warm hand? And what has it been, how has that been for you? In the, in the ancient stories, it tends to be stories of a teacher and a student uh, in an encounter. My experience has to do with Peg and Flint, but it also is everybody in the Sangha, everybody I get to meet online. And I, I, I said this maybe a dozen times in various talks, but I'm not wearing my rakasu right now, but I have a rakasu that was sewed by dozens of people. I have clothed. I am clothed in love and compassion from others many others. So that's what the experience is like for me. Later on, there's a, there's a story I read about Yaoshan and um, Okay, I'm going to stop it. I'm already, I'm already confusing names and stuff. But it had to do with a teacher not hearing the answer to the secret message that he was seeking, but seeing the other teacher reflected in the student. Uh, Yunyan, my hero, the great Zen failure, who then taught others that led to Zen as we know it. And um, the way that in the story, Yunyan had an awakening when Yaoshan saw Bai Zhang in a gesture that he made in a way that he was telling the story. And for me, the story is really about Yaoshan awakening to the possibility that uh, that this had been transmitted, that it, it could live in other people. Even this guy that he had 
been dumping on for some time, he suddenly recognized, oh, this is it, right here in this life. So that's what I want to say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for a wonderful question. Thank you, Joel. Penny, we have just a couple minutes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can now, yes. Okay, all right. Um, th first of all, thank you very much uh, for guiding us today. It's been lovely having your kind presence. And um, anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, when Lynn brought up about her friend, you know, it just all of a sudden from my unconscious immediately roared up an experience that that in my personal life of an attempted suicide by an ex-husband. And um, it immediately what came to me when that story came racing up like that, unleashed, um, was what Flynn had said to us, you're more than your stories. And so in other words, this is a good closing comment because what you have said, what all the people have said uh, before I spoke, um, builds on this and that's what you were alluding to, the stories and then that person who said about the core belief. Because when that comes to you that we're more than our stories, that core belief is there and the stories may have a terrible impact on you or you know your family or repercussions but they're just a story and we have our our main being i just wanted to share that and that and that broader being that wider being doesn't make us say oh that's just a story and we don't react to our friends by saying, oh, you're just living out of a story. It opens us to connect with them, right? Yes. To, to really feel what they're feeling. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We have Flint. I just wanted to slip in here right at the end. Um, I'm, I'm full of appreciation and tenderness. Um, when you t when you told the story that you just told the Okon, uh, Yashan, and I, uh, the way that you spoke about it impacted me. Is very very tenderly and I was thinking about all the wonderful things you said and the nice qualities and I wanted to just reflect an additional one for you as we come to an end that is I know you well so I know that and you've spoken of it how quick the voices of criticism or whatever can come but what I've seen over the many many years of your wholehearted effort is that voice might come very quick but i deeply appreciate how much time you take and the space you make 
as you're meeting yourself and others, that you're not quick, that you're thoughtful and you're patient. And there's a space you make that's quite unique um, that really is touching to me and I think important for others too. So I wanted to comment on that because it's, it's the gesture. It's one of the jewel gestures of kindness. So you're, you're considerate and thoughtful and, and you take your time. Thank you. I won't take up any more of your time now. Clint, before you go, uh, oh my gosh, thank you for saying that and, and for that reflection. It means a lot. Remind me of the chant that we say at the end. I've, it's jumped out of my head. The four practice principles caught in the self-centered. Four practice principles. Okay, good. That would be on page one in the chat book. My deep thanks to Flint and to Peg and to all our Sangha and to everyone who came forward today. What a joy. So let us say the four practice principles three times. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Maria. Thank you so much, Joel. That was so rich and connecting. If you'd like to contribute to um, evenings like this or to Appamada in any way, um, please go to the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. This will give you an opportunity to give Dana to teach such as Flint, Joel, um, Peg, uh, Todd, Laurie, um, as well as, as other things like uh, practice discussions and classes. Thank you so much, everybody.